0: Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 what's going on? Welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel. Salvatry here, and today we're going to be discussing some of my favorite picks just in general, and it's going to be mainly from an ADP standpoint, guys who have been rising in my rankings that I've noticed in big ways since really I put my rankings together in March or April of 2020. So it is now as the time that I record this and the time that this is releasing around the first to second week of July. So I wanted to go ahead and take a look at, I'm recording this actually the end of June, two days before my birthday. June 28th. So happy early birthday to me. But I wanted to go ahead and put this picture out there in this video out there to let you guys know sort of where I'm at right now and just players that are rising up my ranking sheet. Again, all those rankings you can get at the Supreme Draft Guide, which is on the screen right now, one of the promo pages for it linked down below $10 limited time offer only through Monkey Knife Fight. So with all that being said, I'm excited for this. I have nine players listed that I could definitely list nine more, right? Obviously, my rankings, there's going to be a lot of guys that I have higher than ADP. That's where I want to be. I never want every single one of my players to be ADP because I'm going never draft Value. So most of my players are either wildly above ADP, wildly below. Guys obviously fall into that realm of being right on. I think Kareem Hunt's like my 65th overall player, and he's right now going in a lot of places as like 63rd, 64th. Right, that thing makes sense to me. I don't want to put him higher, and he's definitely not lower. So ADP, the market is caught up to that type of a guy. So value's gone there, but it's still a good player. But I want to stay high on a lot of these other guys. These nine players, I'm going to tell you, I'm higher on than market. Some of them, I'm much higher on than market, and maybe I'll give some honorable mentions as well. So if you're new here, if you're excited for this little game. I'll probably be doing these maybe once a month up until the season starts and really maybe looking at some of these players and how their EDPs are changing, but really just players that continue to rise up my boards for one reason or another, more analysis, more news, other things coming out for other players on their team, such as the 49ers with Debo Samuel. Obviously that impacts guys like Kittle rising up some people's boards, including his minds, uh, potentially Brandon Ayuk, those types of things. And before we get into it, please, if you're brand new here, how you doing? I hope you are having a great day today. Please do hit that like button. It's totally free. It takes no time at all outside of one second to hit that thing. And the big old subscribe button that just came in on the screen right now. Bottom right hand corner, you can hit the subscribe button and the notification bell. When you do that within the video, it tells YouTube, yo, show this video to more people because these people are subscribing within it. So that means they like the guy. That means he's actually putting out good content. So again, if you've watched my videos in the past, I think like 40% of the people that watch my videos are not subscribed each month, which is actually a very good number. A lot of YouTube channels have like 90% not subscribed. So please, thank you so much for the loyalty here. But please do continue to hit the subscribe button. Appreciate that a ton. This is one of the Supreme Draft Guide pages. It is linked down below. Once again, lots of stuff that you get In here, obviously, these this is just a scraping the surface. This page, player uh, rankings, reliability charts is something that I've created showing consistency of players for everybody uh, for every single position. There's key stats databases, premium analysis on just uh, a premium analysis and podcasts that are only going to go up over here for things like risers and fallers and other types of content pieces that I think will be very valuable. My FFPC stuff, um, and also probably my Scott Fishbowl draft and that analysis, tier rankings, all that type of stuff. You can go ahead and check it out, it is going to be linked down below it is a supreme draft guide on fantasy sports focus go ahead and check it out linked down below again limited time offer only because monkey Knife fight was so generous to sponsor this thing it's only going to be ten dollars all you have to do is deposit that ten dollars a monkey Knife fight they'll give you fifteen dollars back they'll give you my draft guide the second that you play in one of their contests with your money so go ahead check that thing out i appreciate you all so much so without further ado we're going to start with the first player on my list and his name is kenny Galladay. now i'm going to be using this as the fantasy calculator the fantasy football calculator for some players because some of their adps are really messed up so for the ones that I wanted to reflect, I'll just put on here. Otherwise, we use fantasy pros consensus rankings, leveraging more so the FFPC stuff, which is just paid for contests using just mock draft information isn't great. Because like after the fifth or sixth round, lots of people just either leave the draft and it's auto pick, or lots of people just try and mess around, right? Whereas there's $350 on the line, like the FFPC contest, which is like the minimum for that type of stuff, then you're in a position where okay, these guys are probably drafting pretty seriously uh, and sharp at at that point. So my first guy is Kenny Gallagher. In the way to read this chart, if you're looking on YouTube, and if you're listening on the podcast, it'd be very simple. It's just that i'll call out the numbers here he is currently going at the 2.12 which means the last pick of the second round in 12 team draft which means then if there's 12 picks in each round he is going 24th overall now if you want to compare that to other consensus rankings like fantasy pros taking a bunch of industry rankings they're saying he's going at 25th overall so pretty much the same exact thing now where do i personally have kenny gaudi in my rankings a little peek behind the curtain kenny gaudi is currently my wide receiver five he's currently my 16th overall player. So I personally think Kenny Galladay in 12 team formats is an early second round pick and at the very worst, a mid second round pick. Whereas right now he's starting to go at the first pick or the third round, early third round pick at that turn right now as the wide receiver eight. So that's one player who's been creeping up my boards. I think since the beginning in like March, he's always been a top 10 wide receiver. I posted a tweet a while ago, just gauging the interest of what people were ranking Kenny Galladay at, I think back in April. And I had some replies that I think Adam Pfeiffer was one of them like wide receiver 12 or somewhere around there. And I thought all, all that made sense. There's really honestly very hairline differences between a lot of the guys but after digging into it a lot more Kenny Galladay is not in that second tier of okay wide receiver like seven through 20 can potentially be like the same guy right it could be any of those guys I think Kenny Galladay is pretty firmly above all that especially when you look at the fact that the quarterback play last year was the best asset of any of the quarterbacks was Jeff Driscoll and his rushing upside and that's not something that's going to help Kenny Galladay who honestly made the best out of it he was making spectacular catches contested catches, just turning nothing into something on bombs. A lot of his uh, overall production and games came on big plays, like 40, 50 yard plays. And yeah, that's not great. That's not sustainable, but he ended up doing it and he ended up putting up that production in like the worst possible situation with some of the quarterbacks. David Blau on Thanksgiving that you'd never even heard of, right? Jeff Driscoll, these types of names. And uh, when Matthew Stafford missed the second half of the year, Stafford's coming back. Stafford's another guy who potentially will be on this list at some point. And Kenny Galladay for me is a guy who right now is a wide receiver five in my rankings ahead of, ahead of, and this is going to get people's brains going to blow up, especially for a lot of casuals who are coming in later in the summer and haven't really kept up a lot with a lot of the offseason stuff and and analyzing and all that type of stuff. But pretty much I have Kenny Galladay, wide receiver five, and I have him currently ahead of DeAndre Hopkins. Next up is the highlighted name, which is Allen Robinson. And Allen Robinson, right now we're using fantasy pros. This is the consensus rankings on fantasy pros. Sal, what does that mean? It pretty much means, well, right now they're sourcing, I think, from like five or six different sites, the FFPC, Yahoo, ESPN, and they're trying to get a consensus of every single site where the ADP is at. Now, some mock drafts might be going into that. I'm not sure if they're only using paid for contests, but either way, it's going to give us a more consensus look and a more solid look with more data in there. So it's fine to look at for right now. Allen Robinson is currently my wide receiver eight. So again, he's a wide receiver one for me. He's a top 10 wide receiver. He's been a top 10 wide receiver. I think he's been a wide receiver one. He started as wide receiver 11, then went into wide receiver 10. And then I jumped him from 10 to eight in my rankings throughout the past few months. He is currently my 20th overall player in my rankings. And again, he is my wide receiver eight. Now, as you can see right now on the screen on the highlight behind me, if you're watching on the video, he's going off the board as a wide receiver 14, and he's going off the board as the 34th overall player. So that's a pretty big difference. Now, both within the wide receiver rankings themselves, right now on average, people are taking Allen Robinson not as a wide receiver, one, not as a mega elite, a guy who had 150 plus targets last year, who's been attached to Christian Hackenberg in college. I got to watch that first-hand experience. Not a good thing when Christian Hackenberg is throwing you the ball, although he probably got much worse after that season. It was probably his peak season, so you can argue that Christian Hackenberg, what he has now become, which is not an NFL quarterback, which was a failed Jets prospect, that was overdrafted is much, much worse. And it it is true than when he was at Penn State with Bill O'Brien for that one year, two tight end sets where he excelled with Allen Robinson. But either way, not a standout quarterback, even in college itself, at least compared to most standout quarterbacks that transition to the NFL. Then you get to the NFL, if you're Allen Robinson, you get Blake Bortles, who if it's talking about garbage time, that's where you get a lot of your uh, overall production. Then you get Mitch Trubisky. So just a bunch of quarterbacks, honestly, like they fit into the same window of guys who had so much hype and upside and really none of it ever capitalized because it was overhyped an over upside for what they were really their skill gap, not being there all that much. Blake Bortles coming out very older, Mitch Trubisky being reached on after playing like six college games, Christian Hackenberg being reached on by the Jets after really not showing much promise in his last two college football seasons. So for me, Alan Robinson is a guy that, yeah, I think he can see 150 plus targets. I think Nick Foles only makes things better. And even if you have to deal with Mitch Trubisky for a little while, oh, well, you've been doing that. I think you can get it done yet again. He's my wide receiver eight. He's a top 10 guy for me. The fact that he's being drafted not as a wide receiver one, meaning that he's outside the top 12 wide receivers right now off the board on average is wild. I'm 14 spots higher than Alan Robinson. So if you're watching my videos, if you are a subscriber to my YouTube channel, my podcast, again, if you're subscribed to the podcast, $50 giveaways weekly. Now, if you leave a five star rating, and I say something nice about the show or review on Apple, again, people are now doing it a little bit more two, three times a week, maybe, but that's a pretty good odds of you getting it. So be sure to check that out. But if you're subscribed to the Supreme draft guide, and you get these updates, whenever I do the updates on the rankings and things like that, and you're going to be getting Alan Robinson, and that's somebody you're going to want to be getting over the guys that are going currently, ahead of him. Guys like OBJ, DJ Moore, Adam Thielen, Amari Cooper, Juju. These guys should not be going ahead of him. They're not true alpha number ones. Maybe they will be. I think DJ Moore has that upside. I think Odell is obviously right around that type of thing. Uh, Adam Thielen, you can argue with me, but they are not the same, in my opinion, as Allen Robinson's upside. Next up is the first running back we'll talk about. So two top 10 wide receivers that I think I'm higher on, and I clearly am based on what we just talked about and showed. Next up is a running back for me. And right now, the running back, as you can see, highlighted in orange, if you're watching on YouTube, is going to be Todd Gurley. And I'll make a little bit bigger so you can see everything that's happening here. So currently, Todd Gurley, is, as in my rankings, is my running back, 13 and 21st overall player. I'm getting higher on Todd Gurley as time goes on. Todd Gurley is somebody that originally I wasn't as high on and never was outside the top 20, not even outside my top, I think, 16 running backs. But I think I had him as RB 16. And since then, I moved him down to my RB 13. I moved him ahead of guys like Aaron Jones and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I do like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And as you can see on the screen, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is currently going on consensus, one pick ahead of both Todd Gurley and obviously running back rankings and also overall rankings. He's going 26th overall, running back 14. Todd Gurley is currently going on consensus as running back 15 and 27 overall. Overall. In FFPC drafts, he's going as 24th overall. That's normally going to happen. Those leagues do favor running backs earlier, so you're seeing him go three spots ahead of where he normally goes, maybe one spot ahead of another running back in Clyde Ebert or somebody else above him. But Gurley for me is in a range where I don't really know how much he falls. Like, I don't know if he can actually go if he stays healthy this is and be an RB20. I think his upside is RB15 or better. I think his, his true upside is being a top five running back. And why is that? He's one of three running backs in the league right now. He's there with Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey, who just doesn't have an Actual backup running back that has talent, right? He has Brian Hill and Edo Smith behind him, guys on expiring contracts, on one-year contracts that they reach on Brian Hill to who have no upside. None of these guys behind him have upside. He doesn't have a Tony Pollard behind him like a Zeke. He doesn't have an Alexander behind him, right? Like uh, he doesn't have a Travion Williams and a Gio Bernard behind him, like a Joe Mixon does, like guys who actually have some sort of talent. None of these guys behind him have any type of talent. You could argue with me that Edo Smith does, but maybe he did for a half a season before his injuries racked up two years ago. Since then, he hasn't really done anything at all, and he's kind of going out the door right now and being pushed down the depth chart. If anything. So for Todd Gurley, for me, and you might want to say, oh, the narrative of his bum ankles. If if every single person is going to say this guy is hurt, and I don't think people are saying it anymore. I think they're lightening up on it. But I think once a lot of casual players come in, the narrative will be, he never played in the Super Bowl. He was hurt all of last year. No, he wasn't. He had a top eight overall share of of snaps. He played 72 plus percent of the snaps last year for the Rams. They just ended up having the worst offensive line in the league. So maybe Todd Gurley wasn't actually slow and, and, and inconsistent. And he was a little bit less inefficient, but he also had less overall touches, both in the receiving game. Maybe they just didn't want to use him that way because they were worried about an injury. And then when he actually got his touches, he was behind the worst offensive line possible. So now he goes to an offensive line that is going to have definitely improvement, definitely going to get healthier after one of their first round picks were hurt last year with no competition behind him, a team that loves to use running backs in the red zone, a team that gets to the red zone a lot and scores a lot and throws to their running backs a lot in the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, this is a situation where I feel really good about Todd Gurley. Again, my RB 13, my 21st overall player, I'm currently six spots ahead of consensus on him in terms of overall plays at 21 overall, and I'm two spots ahead of running back rankings. I was higher. People are rising on Todd Gurley, believe it or not. I think he's pretty much a toss up right now next to Clyde Ebertolaire. I have him one spot ahead of Clyde Ebertolaire overall. And then overall consensus has Clyde Ebertolaire one spot. up. So I, I think they're like one A, one B in that spot. I would say that Clyde Ebertolaire is the flashier upside. If he takes on 60, 70% of the workload in KC, I don't see that happening. Whereas Todd Gurley is coming right in to play 75% of the snaps, in my opinion. And at that point, that's just so much stability. Next up, the man highlighted in orange, if you're watching on YouTube is Robert Woods. And Robert Woods right now for me is a wide receiver, obviously from the Rams. I think he's their no number one wide receiver ahead of Cooper Cup, believe it or not. No more Brandon Cooks there. So no more Todd Gurley either, who we just talked about. Robert Woods is currently my wide receiver 12. If you watch some of my other videos, my must draft wide receiver videos, those types of videos, go ahead, check them out. If you have not, there's a catalog right now of about 75, maybe somewhere around their fantasy football videos for the 2020 season already out. And you're watching this right now in early July and the season doesn't officially kick off until early September. So there's going to be like another 50 videos to go into that. So over 100 videos are going to be free on YouTube here. So you can check that out. Just supporting me by hitting the like button. All of this stuff is free and the subscribe button right there. If you want more advanced stuff, you want more tools, ways to definitely beat your league mates this year. That's what you can get in the Supreme Draft Guide link down below for a limited time offer. And also check out my Patreon for daily fantasy sports content if that's what you're interested in. DraftKings, FanDuel, that type of stuff. Robert Woods is my wide receiver 12. He is currently right now my overall 33rd player. I feel very good about Robert Woods. I Feel very good about what I saw at the end of last year. I've talked on the snap count stuff on his snap count staying consistently and going up as uh, Cooper Cups went down as they went more 12 personnel. Now, 12 personnel is never something that a team's going to play 70% of the time. Two tight ends on the field. That's what 12 personnel is for those of you that are not familiar. But what you end up getting there is if their 12 personnel goes from being in the mid 30s to now being around 50%, that's going to help if Robert Woods is now going to be a key factor on a lot of those plays right next to Tyler Higby. But even if he's not, he's still a guy who's commanding 150 targets or so the past two years. He's still a guy who only only had three touchdowns in that type of volume last year and that surely is going to go up if robert woods last year i think it was nick from fantasy football advice tweeted a couple of uh, days ago maybe a week ago at this time if he would have scored six touchdowns last year instead of the three total that he scored i think two were receiving one was rushing if he would have scored six touchdowns last year he would have been the wide receiver seven overall in his finish and his adp would be probably where i'm taking him right now if not higher right he's my current wide receiver 12 it might even be higher than that or he's currently going people are just sleeping on him right now because he's overall the 46 player so i'm 15 spots or i'm 13 spots ahead of him now there, and he's the wide receiver 19 off the board right now in consensus that's crazy now you might be watching this and saying no way he's going to stay that way i don't think he is either and you might be watching this and saying no he's much higher than that no you're probably watching this at a time that you're actually a sharp person and you know that he's better than the wide receiver 19 right now so the fact that there's seven other wide receivers going ahead of him including his teammate cooper cup doesn't make sense to me again he is my right now wide receiver 12 33rd overall i'm currently 16 spots ahead of consensus and seven spots ahead of consensus in my wide receiver spot that's where i want to stay i want you guys my following uh people in the draft guide who are going to get the updates to get guys like Allen Robinson, to get guys like Robert Woods when you should. And based on my rankings right now, you're going to get them. They're going to fall down the leaderboards and the draft boards a lot. Next up is going to be the Bears running back. Second year, sophomore running back, tackle breaking machine out of college. And he was last year. He just did nothing after a contact was David Montgomery. David Montgomery currently for me is my RB22. He's my 41st overall pick. And right now he's currently going as RB25. So I'm three spots ahead of consensus there And and overall the 55th player. So I'm 14 spots ahead of consensus overall. Now, why am I higher on him overall, even though he's not a pass catcher for PPR formats, uh, mainly because right now it's just running backs, running backs are what matter. And I think David Montgomery's volume from last year is going to be um, something that a lot of people are going to maybe even overlook. And I think it's something that's been written about in this bubble of our fantasy football with all the industry experts that cover stuff over the offseason. Uh, honestly, I don't care about all those people. I care about the people that I'm facing. I care about the people that a lot of my following is facing. They're not facing a bunch of industry experts. So when industry experts think that's somebody's all worn out and everybody's talked about them for the entire offseason I don't think that's the case at all because come July and August and September when everybody who actually has a life I guess you can say goes in and starts playing fantasy football and doesn't have to cover it for 12 months of the year they're not going to be up to date on a David Montgomery so I think that it's important to kind of talk about how this guy has been rising for me David Montgomery was a guy who I think in like one of my first videos in April I had a lot more interest in his in his backfield mate Terry Cohen who I actually still like this year um, and I think he's fine as a later on running back option especially just PPR format type player but David Montgomery has been one of the fastest rising guys at the running back position for me. Again, he's my RB22 right now. And there's a lot that goes into his rise. Like last year, I was recency biased off of picking him in the fourth round and him, uh, I ended up getting to the championship in my one main league and losing. So it wasn't on the back of him, but him not producing the way that I wanted him to last year. So that's recency bias. I got to take that out, right? That type of behavior, but then analyzing the situation, the workload that David Montgomery had last year. And you can see some of my breakdown videos on David Montgomery in my running back rankings overall video, where I go, I believe running back one to running back 24. You can check that out. He's probably in that last video in there. But the workload that Montgomery got overall, totaling around 1,100 yards when you factor in a couple of the receptions that he had, overall factoring in 250 plus touches as a rookie running back. And who do they get in the draft? Nobody. And who do they sign in free agency? Nobody. Sure, they still have Tariq Cohen behind him, who was very inefficient overall last year, even though he saw huge volume. But now, what happens if the Bears' offense just gets a little bit better? Nick Foles takes over, maybe gets a little bit better. Even if Mitchell Trubisky starts some games, but it's better than last year, and that's the hope at least because it's hard to get much worse. Well, then they're going to be in situations where they're in positive game scripts they're not trailing by one to two scores. David Montgomery can actually see 20 touches and not just be sitting around in games like he was in the beginning of the season, getting 12 touches. And sure, he's going to have to be more efficient. But as a second year player, I think I, I feel better about him being more efficient than last year when I was drafting him. And last year, people were drafting him in the fourth round. And this year right now, you can based on this consensus, you can start getting him at the 55th overall pick, meaning that you're getting him midway through the fifth round of your drafts in 12 team formats, you're getting him in this midway through the sixth round of your draft in 10 team formats. Whereas I want to start to get him I want to get there in that fourth round like we were last year, because it's A player who one of the few backs in this league. You could probably name a dozen backs that have a full workload, nothing to worry about behind him, and I mean full workload. Like if they're in a positive game script, they're just getting 18 to 22 touches. They're getting fed all the red zone work. That is David Montgomery. Montgomery got fed 60 plus percent of the red zone work last year, and the the carries that I actually care about—the goal line, inside the 10, inside the five yard lines—he was around 87 percent of those carries in this backfield. They did nothing to improve any of the running backs behind him to take away that type of upside. Uh, If anything, his pass catching abilities should get a little bit better, and. I think his workload is going to stay the same if not enhanced David Montgomery in positive game scripts if the Bears actually run a little bit more which they should based on how many times they were down last year negative game scripts and just had to force the throw David Montgomery is one of the few running backs in the league who could touch 300 carries and in my opinion I want to be all over that so if he's getting 55th overall in consensus we have him 41st and by we I mean me I'm going to end up getting a lot more David Montgomery next up for me is another wide receiver and that man's name is Christian Kirk Arizona Cardinals wide receiver two now since DeAndre Hopkins is there but I'm well ahead of this consensus right now Right now, Christian Kirk is my wide receiver 34, and I have him overall as my 75th overall play. He's currently going off the board, wait for this, wide receiver 40 at the pick 104. So I am right now around 30 spots, 29 spots higher overall on him. And I am currently right now, I believe six spots higher at wide receiver rankings and PPR formats. And I love it. I want to be all over Christian Kirk this year, but now DeAndre Hopkins is there. So answer me this question then. So Julio Jones is in Atlanta Falcon and Calvin Ridley's in Atlanta Falcon and Calvin Ridley, and I like Calvin Ridley, but he's shooting up draft boards right now. I agree that Ridley had a breakout rookie year and he had a very good second year when that ended up getting cut short due to injury but he started to excel even more but he's a wide receiver too pretty firmly in that offense behind a guy in Julio Jones where they also have some decent tight end player at least we expect them to in Austin Hooper and a very good running back now in Todd Gurley and Ridley is my wide receiver 16 but he's consistently being hyped up as a wide receiver one a top 10 wide receiver all this stuff And, and I see the upside there of course but why is Christian Kirk not being talked about in a similar way you have a alpha wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins, who need I mention is coming over from another team who, where he was threatening for 160 to 170 targets a year. Maybe now he gets 140 targets. So it's not as bad as maybe the situation that Calvin Ridley is going to be in with Julio Jones. And I get it. Julio is getting older. Maybe he gets injured. Let's just say that all these guys stay healthy. What is the big difference between a guy in Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley being paired up, but now Calvin Ridley's a top 12 and top 10 wide receiver. Why is Christian Kirk all of a sudden a wild get to go ahead and pick earlier than what this consensus is, or at least why is Christian Kirk not being talked about? About. There's no tight ends there. Uh, their running back play in Kenny and Drake is probably equal to Todd Gurley, better pass catcher, but I'm not going to say that they're that far apart. I think Kenny and Drake's my running back 12 right now, and then Todd Gurley's my running back 13. So that kind of shows it right there from my perspective. And both these teams are going to run a lot of plays. Yes, Atlanta throws a ball a ton. That helps Ridley, but they're going to run a ton of plays in Arizona and probably throw the ball a ton there as well with a quarterback, or at least we think so, in Kyler Murray. So I, I'm a little bit concerned as to, or maybe confused is a better word, as to why Christian Kirk right now is like, it, it's just a hype train, right? Calvin Ridley gets the hype train, maybe it's because he went to Alabama and maybe it's just because he's in the number one passing offense from last year in terms of plays per game up there with Tampa Bay in Atlanta but for me Christian Kirk is a guy who I saw excel last year I saw also miss three to four games last year just like Calvin Ridley did but in the games when he was actually playing he looked like a wide receiver one he moved into the slot he moved to the outside just like a guy in Calvin Ridley can do so these guys are very similar to me except you can end up getting right now Christian Kirk is like the 100th player off the board whereas Calvin Ridley is consistently going as like a top 25 player off the board or right around a top 35 player. So, for me, Christian Kirk somebody I'm much higher on. 75th overall for me. He's going 104th right now. That is the widest gap we've talked about so far. My wide receiver, 34. So, what that means for me is that Christian Kirk, in my opinion, is going to be a wide receiver three. So, you fill in your wide receiver slots. The first 12 is wide receiver ones. The next 12 up to wide receiver 24 is your wide receiver twos. And then your wide receiver threes go to wide receiver 36. So, I'm very high on Christian Kirk this year. The fact that he has an established connection with Kyler Murray for one year that DeAndre Hopkins doesn't have with all the stuff happening, no mini camps, probably um, limited. OTAs, all that type of stuff. So I'm going to feel pretty good about getting Christian Kirk in a lot of my drafts this year based on this ADP. Another guy who's similar to Christian Kirk in terms of me being much, much higher on him than consensus, and now he will take the throne from Christian Kirk of the highest we've talked about so far in this video, is Anthony Miller of the Bears. A similar guy, a similar guy to Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. I think Ridley is a good amount ahead of Anthony Miller, and ADP is going to indicate that, and so are my rankings. And I also think Christian Kirk is a decent amount ahead of him. But right now, Anthony Miller is currently in my rankings, my wide receiver 43, my 91st overall player. But He's going off the board at at 136 overall, so I am currently 45 spots ahead of uh, consensus on Anthony Miller. And I'm currently right now, based on just wide receiver rankings, nine spots ahead of him. For the second half of last year, and really the last six games, Anthony Miller was the number one wide receiver on the Bears. Yes, he was. He was the number one wide receiver, and that was dealing with his first two years in the league shoulder, bum shoulders, obviously terrible Mitch Trubisky. He produced more in all areas than Allen Robinson. I like Allen Robinson based on my rankings, but Allen Robinson was very much a splits guy last year. First half of the year was great. Second half of the year was not terrible, but it was more wide receiver two production, whereas Anthony Miller was starting to excel. So Anthony Miller for me is a guy that I want to end up getting to top 50 top 45 wide receiver right now for me this is his first season as of right now everything that we know that he's actually coming into healthy his first year he got injured with a shoulder in the preseason last year he ended up dealing with a bum shoulder all season long now he finally has that shoulder surgery done it's been 46 month recovery time Anthony Miller is somebody that I want to be much higher on and based on me being about 45 spots ahead of consensus right now I feel pretty good about that now I want to get one quarterback and one tight end into this video even though I can get like five and five of each because right now I'm currently waiting on a lot of guys and I'm higher on some other late round quarterbacks than others, some other guys you probably haven't heard much about. But Matthew Stafford's a top 10 quarterback for me. He's easily a quarterback one, but he's being drafted outside of that range right now, just barely. But for me, Matthew Stafford is overall my 93rd quarterback off the board. Now, if you're playing in, in 10 team formats, he's going to be right around your 10th round pick. I think that's fine. If you're playing in 12 team formats, you probably have to start getting him in the ninth round based on where I want to draft him. But you can wait because he's go- going off the board as 106 pick. So you can get him right around in that ninth round, wait as your late round quarterback, be your first quarterback at that point, and you're feeling pretty good. Stafford is currently going off the board as a quarterback 13. He's my quarterback nine. And honestly, I think he can get even higher than that. But for right now, I feel good about where he's at. Maybe move him up one or two spots as the year goes on. But I feel really good about Matt Stafford. And a lot of people just say, oh, this guy is uh, dealing with injuries. I see people in my comment section when I talk about Matthew Stafford in some videos or mock drafts saying, ah, he's dealing with too many injuries okay yeah he had a back injury that's not good right this guy was one of the most durable if you go if you go back 18 months ago right one of the most durable quarterbacks in NFL history in terms of what the injuries he was playing through played through any type of injury and now all of a sudden because one guy has a back injury misses half of a year last year and a little nicks and bruises years before that now he's just like the least durable quarterback in the league he's still in his early 30s we got guys going out there in their late 30s Philip Rivers in their 40s Drew Brees and Tom Brady this guy has potentially eight to ten more years in the league and people are talking about him like he's washed and done no shot at all Matthew Stafford is still a top 10 quarterback in my opinion and easily a top 10 quarterback in fantasy formats i mean he's in an offense that wants to throw the ball yes they just drafted a pass catching running back in deandre swift and a running back in Carrion johnson that they've had who has bummed knees for two years it's probably not going to shoulder much of a load in the running game they have a very bad defense a very very suspect defense in secondary now no more darius Slay, so probably going to play from behind or in neutral game scripts a lot this year they're playing in divisions that are going to be decently scoring with the minnesota vikings potentially an improved bears and then the green bay packers and just overall an nfc schedule that lends to throw the ball a little bit more. And then you look at their weapons. T.J. Hawkinson, potentially a mini Gronk coming into his second year off of an injury last year that kind of derailed the end of his rookie campaign. Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay, some monsters on the outside. This sets up perfectly for Matthew Stafford, who last year before injury, only behind Jameis Winston, would have been in fantasy points per game and overall yardage, would have been number one in touchdowns. This was last year. This was literally midway through last year, but people forget a lot of that because, well, it's a recency bias. We didn't see him for half the season. We remember Jeff Driscoll and David Blau, and we remember Jameis and all those guys popping off. Matthew Stafford was pretty much Jameis Winston for the first eight weeks of the season last year, maybe even better. So go ahead and get him. He's a guy that late round quarterbacks. I'm currently right now, what, 15 spots ahead of consensus or somewhere 13 spots ahead of consensus. He's four spots higher ranked in my quarterback rankings based on where he's going right now. Let me give you one tight end to close this one out. I'll give you one tight end. The guy who I'm very high on is John Smith this year. John Smith is just an athletic freak. And I personally think that Derrick Henry is going to suck a little bit this year. It doesn't mean he's going to have 900 yards. No, but I don't think he's going to go for 1500 yards. I think Derrick Henry maybe gets 1200 yards this year. I think people start to figure out Derrick Henry after it's been two years of late season runs on Derrick Henry dominating everybody. And I don't think that that's something that's consistent, even how much of a monster that you are if you are Derrick Henry. What I do think is that this leads to their offense to have to throw the ball more, just technically, right? Or just naturally. You're in a situation where their defense excelled last year. Their defense was way better than expected last year. If that doesn't happen again, well, even if it does happen, it's going to be hard to uh, reciprocate and and replicate, I would say, a 1,500-yard season on the ground from Derrick Henry. You don't have Jack Conklin. You have a rookie coming in for Jack Conklin. Jack Conklin now in Cleveland, offensive lineman for them. That's a big loss. Now you're having a rookie fill that spot in a short enough season. We'll see. I know it is a first round talent pick that they ended up getting, but still a hard thing to piece together. So Derrick Henry, the big dog for me, is currently in a situation where I don't really like him as much. He's moving down my rankings, if anything. And that means that guys like A.J. Brown are moving up. Tannehill is kind of staying neutral, moving up. John Smith is definitely moving up. John Smith is my tight end 12. He's a tight end one for me right now. Yes, he's the last tight end one for me as my tight end 12. Overall, he's my 105th pick. He's currently going off the board 155. So I'm 50 spots ahead of consensus on John Smith, meaning that you don't have to take him at one five but you feel pretty good about getting him in those uh, those couple of rounds buffers in between there he's my tight end 12 he's going off the board at tight end 18 yeah tight end 18 is a safe spot to put him but I don't want safe I want to actually get guys who are going to pop off this year John o. Smith for me is a guy who can be the Darren Waller of last year similar guys are like Mike Gusecki right these are guys that in my opinion can be the Darren Wallers from last year guys who were getting drafted in the late rounds and end up putting up top five tight end season John o. Smith literally last year the first three games he didn't play a lot right there's other guys there well there was Delaney Walker or some other guys once he started playing in week four if you take those 12 weeks that he played he was a Tight end 12 last year. So if you want to tell me, tight end 12 is way really too high. He literally did it last year for the games that he actually played him. And now he's another year under his belt and probably a year where the running game is not as efficient as last year. The defense might not be as efficient as last year, meaning he's just going to see even more volume. So that's where I'm at right now. There's are nine guys that are actually there's some of my favorite picks this year. As of right now, based on where I'm keep rising them in my rankings relative to ADP. If you like this video, please do take a second of your time, hit that like button and hit the big old subscribe button that pops up on the screen. Check out behind me on the screen is the Supreme Draft Guy on fantasy sports, focus.com information down below based on when you're watching this $10 limited time offer to get it through monkey knife fight you deposit over there they give you some uh, deposit referral tickets whatever it might be the second that you play one game with that money that non-promotional money that you get from monkey knife fight it'll trigger a response to make me send you the free draft guide at that point if for some reason you're not eligible you can just go down below in the description and get it on the main site for the price of $29.99 so check all that stuff out that is all linked down below thank you so much for your support this is just our risers no fall just anything that's all, all the positivity here guys that I have up the rankings up the rankings and leaderboards on my favorite picks right now. So thank you so much once again, and I'll see you all in the next one.